Hey y'all, this is Stacy Blake with Fresh Oil Ministries and it's a brand new season, a brand new day. Things are expanding, things are taking place and I'm telling you, the excitement is totally authentic here at Fresh Oil. We want you to know how much we love you all and we are going to bring you the most up-to-date conversations that you've heard in a long, long time. We hope that they'll encourage you and we want them to bring you joy and most of all we want them to bring you closer to Jesus so to kick off our brand new season we have a very special guest here in the studio so hang out with us we are so glad to be back in the studio today we are doing once again our reality check with Fresh Oil Ministries and you guys are going to be so pleasantly surprised by the guests that I have usually I just have one guest at a time but today We're going to have double fun because I have two wonderful guests with me here. They are from God's House of Hope in Kilmichael, Mississippi. I have Brittany and Kelly here with me today. Welcome, ladies. Thanks. Hey. (laughs) That was them. They said, hey, Uh y'all. Now, listen, um, we're going to do some... uh, kind of in-depth talking today and our our show is called Reality Check And, and, and it's called that because we want people to stop being fake. Do you know what I'm saying? We want to know the real person inside of you each person that we talk to and have a conversation with we were able to interview todd tillman who was the winner of the voice y'all know that he was here doing a fundraiser um for this wonderful facility a couple weeks ago and you know he just got real with us and i loved every minute of it because it wasn't that fake celebrity kind of thing we want to know your real heart and we want to know the real things about you so you know i want to start off with something kind of fun something a little different and uh i'll ask y'all these y'all both can, can answer okay tell okay. me we're gonna do a thing called this or that okay okay all right so would you rather have a call or a text call uh, <laughs> both of you like a call okay and me i'm the text girl i love a text message i don't like to talk on the phone but i like to talk everywhere else okay what about the beach or the mountains beach mountains oh <laughs> totally different there um country or city country I'm definitely a country girl. Girl, please. We can all agree on that. We all like the country. Uh, Summer or winter? Summer. Kelly's thinking. Uh, Let's say winter. Winter? You like the winter I was summer most of my life, but I think I'm winter now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a spring girl, but I didn't have that in my this or that, so I'm in the middle, you know. So, yeah, I don't like the summer. It's too hot. Um, What about, ooh, early bird or night owl? Night owl. (laughs) I had a feeling on that one because I'm a night owl, too. Um, one last one. How about sweet or salty? Sweet. Salty. Oh, I like both. So you guys are both my friends. I'm telling you. Um, that was a little bit just to kind of get to know who you are and like what you like and things like that. The reason behind the, the this or that is to just kind of show the difference and how everybody is. And there's reasons why you like some things over the other, you know, or whatever. And that's really cool because God made us all different. Oh, my goodness, so different. Right. Um, you may have a twin in this world, but you may look a little bit alike, but there is, you know, everything about you is just not alike, you know, and right. it's okay to be different from somebody else, you know. I think a lot of times we feel like we have to be like everybody else, especially as women, right, girls, don't you think? Right. It's, did yeah. you ever do that when you were growing up? Yeah, of course. Feel like, I oh, well, i got to be like Susie. Yeah, I definitely, I wanted to fit in, so... You wanted to, uh, you know, grow to suit others and and be like others to yeah, get that that 
feeling. It is a feeling. Is you feel left out yeah. if you don't feel like you fit in. Yeah. And that is an awful feeling, especially for a young lady, because you want to be part of something. You know, you're not always um, going to be in the right group, it seems like. And sometimes then, when we want to fit in, we end up gravitating towards the wrong group, because you just want to be a part of something. Yeah. You know, like kids, they want discipline, and sometimes it doesn't matter what kind it is, they'll act out to get some harsh discipline just to get the attention. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Um I'm going to ask each of you this question, um, and you can both, and, and, and again, just say who you are when, so that people will know who they're, who they're hearing whenever you answer, but, you know, I'm going to ask you, Brittany, I'll ask you first. I th- have you been here the longest? So how long have you been here? October 16th will be a year. Okay, how long have you been here, Kelly? I've been here almost 10 months. Almost 10 months. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're pretty close, pretty close. Uh, Brittany, let me ask you first, what brought you here? What, what was the reason behind you being here? Well, I got busted at this house in Matheson, and they decided to bust the house in, and I did shoot up, but I was already on the ground, and it landed me in jail in Webster County, and I got on my knees and I prayed, and yeah. there was people that saved me, and I know it was God through them that saved me, but they bonded me out. So the people that bonded, were they, were they the people from here, from this facility? Mm-hmm. No. no. So somebody bonded you out. Mm-hmm. Now, let me go back to what you said. You said they, the, the, the police, like, busted the door down kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people that have not gone through this type of thing, it's like they, they sort of played in their head like it's on TV. You know, it's, it's way worse mm-hmm. from what I'm told than it is on tv you know the movies and all that portrays this as being so glamorous you know or whatever but this is real life stuff these guys busted the door down they're making a drug bust in other words and were you shooting up at the time no they actually try to accuse me coming out of the bathroom and putting 30 grams of meth in the toilet but i was already in the kitchen on the ground Okay, so when they when you knew when you heard this happen, you were on the ground. You yeah. knew you knew what was happening. I knew. Had you been through this Which before? Which I had a warrant already, so oh. I already knew. I knew not to run. Like yeah. I knew I was going to get caught. Right. So right. it'd be worse if you had run. Exactly. Okay. So there were other people in the house. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, so this was now how, how long ago was this? Probably September eighteenth of last year. Whoa, that was very recent. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um. This is the kind of thing that, again, you know, this is reality check. This is a reality. You had to take a, you know, you had to look at your life and go, okay, I, I got to take a reality check right now. I got to see what's going on with me. And you had to make some decisions pretty quickly. Yes, ma'am. And say, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep going this way. Maybe I can get out of jail and just keep on doing what I'm doing. Or you knew you had to make some sort of change. I knew I had to make a change. Yeah, yeah. It was something that, again, let me ask you this. It had, how old are you? I just turned 28, August 7th. Okay, just turned 28. So has this happened in other times of your life? Apparently you had a warrant, so you've done something. I've been in houses that were busted in before, but I wasn't ready to change. Got you. I see what you're saying. So this has been a habit since, how old were you when you started this? Like drugs? Yeah. Since the age of 13. 13 years old. Wow. 13 years old and you said you were from baton rouge louisiana yes, so ma'am. is this where it all started no um it all started in alabama because my mom and dad lived in alabama but see 
my papa married this woman named Linda Hernandez, and that was my adopted mom. Okay. He got cancer back and forth and couldn't take care of me no more. Okay. And I lived with her from the time I was eight till the time I was 14. Okay. And she was my mom. Like, she did take care of me. She raised me. But there was a day that came I wanted to meet my real mom and my brothers and sisters, and I wrote a letter, and she found it and was very hurt. So the whole family, the my adopted family, disowned me. Mm. And but a year later, I think I was about like nine years old, and she got a hold of my mom and them and let me fly out to see her. Oh, wow. And that was in Alabama, from Arizona to Alabama. Okay. And um, it was really the worst mistake I could ever make, you know, because that's where drugs came <sighs> in and abandoned houses. Like she didn't care about me. She, um, I never met my sister. Still to this day, I have two brothers and a sister, and that's just where a lot of me shooting up meth, heroin, I've OD'd on heroin so many times, like, um, I've done cocaine, like, woke up in the hospital with a tube up my nose, um, just going from abandoned houses back and forth, and, um, Bessemer, Alabama is where I got kidnapped, uh-huh. um, I was walking around, didn't have nowhere to go, and I was around the hotel, and I got picked up really quick like and it was a black guy he had two guns in his lap and there was some other women in the car we went to every city and state but but when i woke up i was in a hotel room okay and i was naked and i already knew in my mind like what happened like i wasn't stupid you know i know a lot of people like like my papa was very i don't like black people you're not supposed to like them but you know what i mean so that's kind of how i was raised to be Mm -hmm. by my papa but so then when I got met, when I woke up naked, I you, I just started hating black people. Like, I had this fear of black people, mm-hmm. and he was a pimp. He had other girls with him, and he beat me until I had sex for money. We went to every city and state until we got to Katy, Texas, Houston. And, like, I was so traumatized, and by the time, it was a year later by the time I got away from him. Yeah. And he, the guy that I was supposed to get money from after having sex with, he knew what was going on, and I really just believe it was God because he was just like, you ain't got to pay me nothing. Just come back later if you want to, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was planning on, so like, I had a way out. I was going to get out. Okay. And I did, but the girl that was there was like, I want to leave too and all these things. And she was texting the pimp the whole time. And was like, look, this is where she's at. And he came there with his sister, busted the door down, came upstairs, dragged me down the stairs. I was naked, took my ID, my social security, everything I had. And, like, I refused to go. And the girl that they called the bottom, you know what I'm talking right, about? Right, I got you. Um, and was like, why are you trying to chase the... Yeah. You, know, you ain't got to chase her. That's right. And, like, I really thank God today that he didn't kill me coming out of there because he could have yeah and i didn't know what i was gonna do i was in a state i didn't know where nobody this guy didn't know what he was trying like why he was trying to help to save me the guy that yeah just gave me the money to Mm -hmm. come back Mm -hmm. and he was like look i'm about to call the law which he didn't but it was just like like that was another safety and i ran to the bathroom he done tore this guy's house up like tore it up from top to bottom and i didn't know what to do Mm -hmm. and i'm in this bathroom and i looked at myself and i was so traumatized like i knew how to shoot up i knew how to get high 
but my arms were so purple from trying after that. I was so traumatized. He was all I saw everywhere I went. Yeah. And then after that, like, he let the guy let me stay there for six months. He told me I didn't have to ever do that again. Yeah. I did go to um, a club and dance. But I didn't, you know, but then that opened a door for I've met two more pimps on my own wheel. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know how to survive. Sure. That's right. You this know is what, what I mean? you know. This is and what you know. like, I'm still dealing with that today. Yeah. I still deal with the shame and regret, but that's how it opened a door. Yeah. And then I started liking it. Right. Right. One thing leads to another. Exactly. That's the way it goes. And depending on which road you take is where that next thing is going to lead. So when you're in survival mode, then you do what you have to do just to stay alive, much less be able to eat, have a roof over your head. You just want to stay alive. You just want to breathe the next few minutes. You want to be sure that you're able to, you know, wake up. For heaven's sake because you know again y'all this is real life this is not a movie this is not movies have nothing on what real life truly is and so the trauma that you go through and the things that you go through in your life and everybody's story is different you know everybody's story is is you know sometimes you go through some of the same types of things but everybody's story is different everybody's choices are different so it's when you choose the wrong choice or the right choice this is what you're looking at it's like what do I do but when you all your life this is what you know it's hard to do something else when you don't know what you're supposed to do you know how am I supposed to live what am I how am I supposed to eat a meal the next day what I don't know where my next meal is coming from I don't know you know where my where where is the roof going to be over my head tonight Am I going to have to sleep in the rain? Am I going to have to sleep on the sidewalk somewhere? This is this is real, you guys. This is something that people all around the world go through every day, every day, and worse. I mean, I know you probably couldn't imagine worse, but there's probably somebody who goes through something worse than you did. So if we can even imagine that, wrap our minds around that, you have to think, man, how fortunate and blessed we are to have a choice like Jesus mm-hmm. you know just to be able to choose him is is the probably one of the most amazing things that he gave us the opportunity to choose him so in your time that's that's where you were this is where you are you're shooting up here and you're you this is how you you get that high you get you keep going that day you know then you crash and then you so you're just doing this is a, a cycle you're going over and over and over again and so you found yourself in jail and you needed a way out um God always makes a way of escape. The scripture does not say that he, will put, he won't put more on you than you can bear. He doesn't say that. You know, he won't. He is always going to have a door somewhere for you to get out of what you're in. You may not see it immediately, but it's always there. There's always going to be a way of escape. Always. And I'll, I'll grab that scripture in just a minute. Um, but there's always a reason behind whatever is going on now let me move over to kelly kelly tell me what brought you here well i um i I can't i guess my parents i had a friend call before my parents did but um i had um i've been off and on um a drug addict Mm -hmm. last 10 years uh pain 
pain pills for my poison. Right. Um, but I'm emotionally, I would I would have called myself emotionally unstable. Uh-huh. Uh, I stayed in school to avoid dealing with my problems. Um, you know, I have a college degree, but I have never done anything with it. Um, I have uh, two children, and uh, uh, I guess over the, the course of the last eight years, um, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, flunk out of a semester of college. Mm-hmm. Um uh, get out of a relationship. Um, I don't know if now, you know, I would call them seasons, but yeah. back then, you know, it was points in my life where I thought they were wrong turns yeah. or bad decisions. Yeah. And, um, either way, a lot of ups and downs over the last couple of years and, um, never, um, never really, uh, uh, was happy or yeah. content. I was never okay to, uh, make it through a year, you know, yeah. six months at a time, I'd be okay. You know, I'd get a part-time job or or um you know I'd be living with my parents and I'm more financially stable than I, than I was but sure. I couldn't um you know I couldn't maintain I couldn't there wasn't any structure stability and mm-hmm. um so I guess I, I'd say I've been on an emotional roller coaster yeah for a long time but um I finally hit a point um I don't know about two years ago where I changed my drug of choice I started smoking crystal meth oh, and wow. um I uh, distanced myself from my children, mm-hmm. and um, uh, which eventually uh, led to me abandoning one of mine um, with his father. But still, yeah, that, still not with you. Yeah, yeah. that word's kind of stuck. That's kind of harsh. But either way, I um, you know, I walked away from my motherly duties and from that uh, idea I had that I, you know, I had to have a place, I had to have a ride, I had to have a job, that normal mm-hmm. life that um, you know. I thought I, you know, I thought would would gain me that happiness was not yeah. in the picture for me. So, either way, I um, in the in the year before I come here, I ended up going to jail uh, about seven times before I caught my first felony. It was a wow. bunch of uh, like public indecency and uh, indecent exposure, public intoxication. Uh, I got um, I had gotten to where I um, was walking up and down the road homeless and kicking over garbage cans. Uh, I think I even peed on a, a church sign. Oh, like, my goodness. That's <laughs> yeah, extreme. <laughs> right. And um, it was one that, that um, in the yard, and it said, you know, you can't overcome this. And I think I was so mad, either mad at the guy I was dating or mad at myself. Either way, yeah. just being ignorant and stupid. And, um, um, you know, uh, I'd finally lost control. I'd finally, mm. you know, lost that that grip I had on reality but um I had I had been um someone that needed to be enabled or somebody that needed to be influenced most of my adulthood so right. I reached a point and I don't know if this was drugs related or if this is me in my head but either way I had reached a point that I that I just gave up you know I stopped asking the people that enabled me I stopped yeah. um begging for uh money yeah. to, to uh, whether it was to pay a bill or to get a fix or to, just to get by, I right. stopped um, having my hand out yeah. and stopped um, needing uh, that that validation or that approval or that acceptance from others that mm. I that I had uh, mentally caught myself up in. Yeah. And um, I 
it was a downhill slide, and I'm talking a fast one. Yeah. I eventually, uh, like I said, after I went to jail a couple times, um, which a couple's two or three, you know, I went sure. six or seven, and um, I wouldn't call anybody. I didn't bail out. I stayed, and then I eventually uh, ended up uh, catching my first felony, which was running from the law on the trace, and um, it wasn't long after that that I got my first drug charge, and so I... um. I I think a month was the longest I stayed in jail, but either way, I finally um, I'd finally hit my knees and uh, realized that I couldn't keep going that way. But um, the night before I come down here, I was in the middle of the road hollering and screaming, and the law wouldn't even come pick me up. I guess I'm assuming because I'd been in and out so many times that right. they were like, she just wants to lay her head down or just wants something to eat. Uh, yeah, I you know I had a lot of uh, burdens to bear about it when I first got here, but. I realized that, you know, I I needed to go through that. I could have mm-hmm. went home to mom and dad's. I could have, you know, I could have bowed down and and uh, went to the Salvation Army and stayed and, you know, actually, um, you know, actually turned my life around, but I didn't want it. You yeah. know, I was okay with walking right. up, up. I don't know where I was going or which yeah. direction I was headed, but I had just become content with with settling with with mm. accepting that I wasn't worth anything that I wasn't capable of anything that I wasn't getting any, anywhere in life and you know mm. I just gave up but so that by the is. grace of God I ended up here and yeah. I didn't want it to work I didn't expect it to work and I'm really glad it did <laughs> well that's the thing you somehow you end up exactly where God plans for you to end up yeah. You know, um, he gives us that free will. We get to choose how we spend our life. And when we make those wrong choices, we're going to have to have the consequences for those choices, no matter what it is. And I'm looking at both of you and realizing that your stories are so different, yet they're so much alike in, in certain ways. You had a void. You're trying to fill. You had something that you needed, but you weren't getting it. And the, that, that hole, and, and I know y'all have heard this, that hole you, you needed to fill was never going to be filled until you met Jesus. He is the only thing that can fill that void. And, and he's the only thing that can fix who we are. Mm-hmm. And because you, Brittany, started you know, doing drugs at such a young age, and this is what you knew, it, with your story, it, it began with something emotional. You know, you went through this trauma in your family, not being wanted. Not be, There's so many different things that you deal with emotionally and mentally. And then yours was mostly, you know, emotional and mental. And so then you tried to fix it mm-hmm. with drugs and stuff. So it's like, you know, there's something that I believe in, and, and I know in my heart that God allows us to go through things so that when we do come out on the other side, right. then we can go to look at somebody you can you can you can pick out people probably quicker than I can that are going through what you've been through. You can right. look at them and tell this is what they went through. You know, I when I first started coming here, I always gravitated to Brittany. Never fails. I'm going to go to Brittany every time. I'm going to go to Brittany. There was just something and and it 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 ended up being something that the Lord wanted me to say to her that he needed her to hear. He needed her to know. And so I've learned that when I see somebody hurting, when I see something that I believe I can relate to, that I need to go do it. 
don't miss that opportunity because there's something God has put in your heart to give to them. You don't even know. I don't even know what you needed. I didn't know. I had no idea. Every time I saw you, you collapsed in my arms every time. You just, I mean, you were just, you you felt my heart and I felt yours. There was a connection there. So I knew God had something for her through me. So you have to allow God to use you. Well, now, those are the things that brought you here. And these are less than a year ago, really, for both of you. So you haven't been here that long. And so, you know, God's House of Hope, um, there's more than one location um, and I'm sure there's going to be more locations uh, coming up very soon. And I'm so excited about that because that just means more people right. will get the help that they need. And I'm so glad um, that God allows those doors to open so that people can, can have that hope, you know, yeah. that can be shown that hope. Because sometimes you're not in an environment where you see that. You're not going to see that hope in the environment that you're in. And most of the time, it's the environment that we put ourselves in. We ended up, we did it in the beginning because that's what we wanted to do. We thought that was the right way to go. This is how we're going to survive. I'm going to do that. It's all about a choice that we made, always. So when, you know, I wanted you to tell people about your story because I think it's so important that they know the real live stuff that yeah. truly happens yeah. to people and I could look and uh, uh, approximately I know there's approximately 40 people in this facility somewhere around in there and every single person that's here the staff the residents everybody that's here has gone through something yeah. whether it's emotional whether it's physical um, drug related um, mental there's all kinds of things that are being addressed here and there's men and women in this facility and so everybody has a story everybody has something they have built on and said okay this is where i was this is the foundation this is it and so you know when we were doing this or that i was i like watching your faces because like you were looking at her and she was looking at you like what are you going to say what are you going to say it's just so sweet because you look at each other thinking i wonder what she's going to say and it's the thing when you come into a facility like this you look at those people and like i wonder what they're like I wonder if they like the same things I do. I wonder if they're going to be my friend because I really want to be their friend. You know, and when you're here, you end up loving people with, it's a real love. This is nothing, when you walk into this facility, this is, for, this is me speaking for me. I feel a love here that is genuine. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's the love of the Lord. Yes. Because you guys have been shown the love of the Lord. Now, when you first came here, um, they might have had to love you with a little tough love. That's right. I mean, did that happen? Is that what? Because yeah. so how how did it go on your first couple of days here, Brittany? Just give us a little little something so, on that. So when I first got here, you know, I've I've always been this person where I just wanted someone to love me because my mom and my like I've never had nobody right. like my mom knows I'm here. Yeah. She doesn't she reach want, out. She know my papa. See, my papa passed away when I was here, mm -hmm. and she I was able to talk to her. She didn't even want to talk to me. Okay. She knows I'm here, though. Right. So, like, with that being said, like, all the abandonment and rejection that I've dealt with in my life. So, when I first got here, that's when I realized, like, it's love here. It's a family here. Anytime I went in the office for a discipline, you know what I mean? Like, right. I was wanting the attention. I was wanting somebody to patty cake me. Negative or I mean? positive. Didn't matter. You wanted attention. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, but now, today, like you can't do that because you do that all their life then they're never going to learn they're never going to grow yeah. and yeah. i like i was taught i had to do class today and i was saying this too like i thank god that 
the the sisters that raised me up mm-hmm. didn't patricate me because I probably yeah. wouldn't be where I'm at today. That's the thing. So it's rough in the beginning yes. when you come here. I don't think that anybody that has come here has had a easy time of it in the beginning, right? So, I mean, it's you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> truthfully, you're in trouble when you come here. And most, you know, some people get a choice. Do you want to go here? You want to go jail? That's right. You get a choice. Here's what you're gonna do. And so, to me personally, you're nuts if you don't choose here, man. That's, you, that's right. crazy not to want to choose here. You have a beautiful place to be in, a bed to sleep in. You are safe here. You are fed here, and you are discipled here. That's right. So this is not a regular rehab, y'all. This no. is not your regular. No, they're not, not poking pills down your throat to make no. you get off this drug. No. They're here. It is. This this is going to get real, real fast. And so no. people go through withdrawal here. Yes. They have to come off of whatever they're on here. And it's not easy, but the love that the people have for you, because they know. Yes. They've gone through it. So they can sympathize with you and empathize with you and go, "Uh -uh -uh, I get it. Man, it's going to be a couple hard nights, you know, or a week or whatever it is. And once you get past that point... You know, now did you come in, Kelly? And was it was it easy? Was it? How did you feel when you came in the first day? Um, I I didn't want to come to a faith based uh, program. Okay. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Um. I guess have to submit mm-hmm. to. Uh, Has somebody ever hurt you in the church world before? Is that why? No, my my parents weren't religious. My okay. grand grandmother was. She took me to church most of my life. But okay. I remember stopping going to church when um when I was a teenager, driving okay. age. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if it's because I got into boys or if Probably. I just drifted away <laughs> yeah. from my calling or my yeah. purpose. But yeah. either way, I you know I started running from the Lord then. But I I guess I thought in my head that okay. I go to a twelve, excuse me, twelve-step program that I would, I would be better off, you oh, know. Yeah. Whereas faith-based, I have such a high expectancy level with myself, like yeah. I'm trying to achieve success, or I'm always trying to um, excel, or just succeed yeah. in general. That that I, you know, I knew that this is something you couldn't fake. You couldn't you couldn't fake it till you made it. You, sure, you couldn't be halfway in it you know I struggled in school with my head being in it and my heart not or my heart being in it my head not relationships had failed because my heart was in the wrong place and my head was I thought on my shoulders right either way I knew I knew coming into this that that you know you couldn't you couldn't not give give it your all you know I knew it would have I knew it would grab a hold of me I knew that it would it would change me and I don't know that it was anything but fear you know I was just afraid I didn't want to I didn't want to um you know I didn't want to give it to God I didn't want to I didn't want it to work so I come thinking that it was going to fail and I come thinking that it was not going to work out. You know, I started weighing my options, plan B, which looking back now, when have my plan B's ever worked? When have <laughs> any, when has anything ever worked out? You know, if it had, I wouldn't be here. But, of course. So I don't remember. I remember the second day I was here, I did not want to get up out of the bed. One of the directors had to come, like, literally get <laughs> me up out of the bed. But I had, I hadn't got, I had gotten this macho attitude and demeanor about me that it wasn't really about, um, 
the withdrawals or, or needing a fix it was like oh i'm gonna do this to prove to my parents and then what leave and right go right back into it mm-hmm. or or either way um i struggled though um that second month we have uh, different preachers and teachers that come right. and i remember that second month uh which is we have a blackout phase so the mm-hmm. first two months no phone calls um you know no visits so okay. i don't know i i really think that i just was like okay i've been here eight weeks now and i'm ready to run i even told the teachers look this is my time i'm i'm fixing to run i'm fixing to dip yeah, out i've stayed here longer than i expected yeah i don't know who or what i'm trying to prove but this is my time to go yeah. and so that was really my struggling moment yeah was so two months two in. months in. and see everybody has yeah. Their breaking point. We're like, I, this, I can't. I, I, I'm done. I can't do this. Now, how, how old are you, Kelly? Remind I'm 31. Me? You're 31. You don't yes. look 31. I just it, had a birthday in February here, and it was probably the best birthday I've had. Well, yeah. spending <laughs> it with people who love you. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big difference. But, you know, I, I, look, I just kind of watch both of you, and I watch how you sit, and I watch how you look at me. <laughs> I watch, you know, it's, there's y'all have such – I remember, Brittany, I remember you in the beginning your face was always so sad and my heart would just break for you kelly i remember you i did i wasn't gravitated towards you like i was Brittany. and i don't know why god knows i don't right. but i do remember you and i do remember you you just had this this you were kind of stone-faced yeah like i'm not showing y'all no emotion don't you think you get nothing out of me that right. kind of you know what i mean yeah that kind of thing and y'all had had such different demeanors but yet it's like i'm here I guess I'm going to do this thing. Let's just you think about it. You know, I guess I'm going to stay. I got a hot meal, three hot meals a day. I, I'm okay. I'm going I'm I'm to just, I'm going I'm to suffer through it all. Right. right. So what keeps you here is my next question to you. Like what really keeps you here? Now, and I say that because you two ladies have just recently um, gone through the program to be on staff because you graduated the uh, resident phase of the the uh, the whole deal, and so you decided they get you get a choice that you can stay on staff. Now, does that mean um, that you stay here, or you might be placed somewhere else, possibly if if needed in another facility or something like? But you're going to be able to be like a counselor teacher type thing that okay i get it okay i'm getting this all in my mind wait i know y'all listening to me out there in podcast land and thinking what did you talk about i'm getting all my information and uh they're shaking heads at me so i'm getting it right so um so you've obviously decided this is where i need to go in my life this is my purpose i found the place and i found what god wants me to do so give me tell me the moment you knew that you were going to stay here when you decided because i know i've come to you several times and said what you going to do what are you going to do and you were like mm, nah, i don't think i can do it and then all of a sudden i see you're on staff i was so proud to see that you were able to do that i was so tickled you know and literally i looked at you a couple weeks ago three or four weeks ago looked at you didn't know who you were i didn't i looked at you twice and until you opened your mouth and spoke to me i'm like there's no way that's Brittany. that's there's no way I was so just blown away 
with how God has just like totally transformed you and even the way you look at people. And that's what your eye, I'm looking at your eyes, both of you right now, looking at you and y'all are, y'all have such joy on your face. You have such, it just shows it, you're, you're glad to be alive and it's just, it matters, you know, that, that kind of look that you give people. So give me a, a quick version of the moment you knew. So at first, you know, I didn't want to just stay because I have warrants because I do have two fines and, you know, they postponed the case that I told you about, Uh how I got here, right? until December. And at first I was like, I just want to go back out there and live with the people that brought me here because they said I could move in with them. But, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't wanting to hear, hey, you just need to stay. Like, this is what God's called you to do. Right. Like, I was more like I just want to do this program and I just want to graduate and go on yeah well one day I was I got really upset because I just got my teeth pulled right before I got my teeth and I couldn't smoke because of that yeah and I was aggravated and I was upset Mm -hmm. and I couldn't call somebody and I got mad like why are you trying to keep me from somebody out there but really it was just like God was trying to show me, like, they didn't save me. God did. That's right. And I know that Mm -hmm. now. But, and I was praying for distractions, for God to take all these distractions that were in front of me, like, when I was a JC, before I became staff, and he did. And he was wanting me to trust him, like, when I don't have money and when I don't have cigarettes, because that's how I get provided here. God provides everything to me. Everything you need, right. When I don't have cigarettes or money, like, God provides that, and behold god shows up right around the corner because miss amy pops her head in and was like what's going on in here who do we have in here you know and i was crying and i was upset and she showed me you know a picture of where i used to hang out was just like look like do you really think god called you here for this little bit of time and for you just to go back right out to that exactly so like it was literally that day i went to nettleson to stay the night and i told my sister blaine i was like there ain't nothing for me to go back to. Yeah. Like my ex, like right. the, my kids' father that beat me the whole time I was pregnant. Like the first time I see him, if I'm with whoever that's Christian or whoever, the first time I see somebody I know, I know what I'm going to do. Of course you do. I can't even go to a store without getting scared and wanting to jump in their lap. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's how I know. Yeah. I know that I know, and, like, my heart bleeds for every sister here, like, when I help them, when I pour into them. Sure. When I'm doing class, like, that's how I know I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, that's, you, you just know it. Down in your gut. You just know it. And God gives you those feelings, man. He'll tell you. He gets, the Holy Spirit, honey, he will get you in a heartbeat and go, now you know better. He, uh, you'll, right. you'll, you'll, God disciplines those that he loves and he, right. he's, he's going to keep you on track if you'll just hold his hand as opposed to holding the hand of the world sure. you know don't do that get, get back you know where you need to be now Kelly what was your defining moment what, what did you feel like oh goodness um well I I don't even know what to say I um I got prophesied over uh I don't know a couple months in at Houston and mm-hmm. um the lady called me a knucklehead and told me <laughs> you are to never go back okay you know don't go back you it's a matter of life or death you will you will not make it right. and I didn't 
I didn't take it, you know, I took it in, but I didn't take it to heart. You know, I was like, um, how can I not go back? You know, children, I have family. And even though I burnt those bridges, even though I'd, you know, um, put them through so much and and destroyed a, a lot, I... You know, I knew going through this process, the more God healed me, that that um, you know, I eventually, I eventually would. Right. But I'm one that um, considered, uh, m- considered my options throughout this whole process. Like um, you know, what am I gonna be like when I get out? Yeah. Because I've ch- I've changed so much. Yeah. You know, I even if um, you know, I wasn't. I, I guess I'm. I overanalyze everything and I'm logical so I was like even if I'm not able to maintain um this all day everyday lifestyle even if I you know continue my walk with the Lord if I even if I want to um you know have a healthy Christian lifestyle I'm still I'm not ever going to be the person I was Mm -hmm. you know so then I started weighing my options like I you know it's not a man I'm going back to it's not friends that I gotta have it's um it's not anybody's approval but God's that I needed and um that that relieved a lot but I uh went through the program a little more and then I really started questioning was I adequate enough was Uh, I capable mm -hmm. was I I knew I was willing I knew you know I had the the motivation and the gumption to inspire my sisters and um you know it was a question of was I biblically biblically sound or upright or even could I justify you know my 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 common sense with you know am I capable of of leading people to God am I capable of of helping others see you know God through me and and feeling it and uh I was even though I had a lot of doubt um I think that I realized right here at the end that, you know, there's nothing out there for me. No. Um, my family's home that uh, they've lived in for 32 years burnt. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, and um, You I, literally burned bridges for real. Like, yes. this is, there's no going back to what you knew. Right. And, wow. um, you know, it, it really upset me at first. I was like, you know, my childhood's gone. And then I got to thinking, oh, my gosh, my where I raised my son is gone. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, um, you know, uh, people moving here and there, people having, you know, I always had that stability yeah. growing up, but I wasn't capable of providing it. So it was like um, everything that I, you know, I thought that I was going to, I don't know, be able to fix if I thought I was spiritually uh, going to be able to go home and yeah. and mend those, um, those relationships yeah. or... Uh, you know, be able to start fresh. Uh, you know, as an as an adult, you know, I'm still young. My life wasn't over. That's Either right. way, when when the when the house burnt, I um, that was kind of that was kind of my my sign. God saying, you know, yeah. Kelly, there's nothing to go back to. You yeah. know, and it really it really shook me up. It yeah. really um, I guess let me know that you know even though this those things are gone those materialistic things aren't there anymore that you know i still have those memories in my heart yeah my parents deserve to have an empty nest mm-hmm. and um you know didn't need a a 31 year old recovering drug addict um uh coming back there and and trying to start over yeah. but at the same time it i don't know it just it really checked me up so then i started reevaluating and, and refocusing and it's taken a lot of the of my superiors, uh, a lot of uh, 
of my um, fellow uh, companions, I'd say, to convince me that I am adequate enough, that I am capable of this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I want it, you know. Yeah. So... I guess I don't I don't have a defining moment I just it kind of I grew into it well you decided you want yeah it. that was yeah. really it right there you want it you decided yeah. that's it I, this is what I'm gonna do right nothing there for me to go back to neither right. one of you there's nothing to go back to there's only looking forward there's right. only looking forward yeah. um and you know I'm here to tell you that both of you are such beautiful ladies inside and out and it's just you exude and you just I mean you radiate the love of the Lord when you know I see the change that has come about in both of you it is so inspiring even to people who, who haven't gone through as much as maybe you have but maybe they're trying to make decisions and just can't figure this out and, and, and realize you know you can't do this on your own right. so what they do here at God's House of Hope is give you a structure they give you a structure right. every day is no. structured I mean, it's seriously structured. Yes. You don't have an opportunity to mess up. You, you, you know, you don't really have a, a lot of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, leeway to really, you know, they're not going to give you uh, an inch nor a mile. You're not going right. to do it. You're not, you're going to, you know, you're going to do what you're asked to do right. in order to learn structure and realize it's not about you. Right. It's about where God needs you to be. And so they're going to build you up from your heart outward. You know, it doesn't make a difference about our appearance. You know, right. what we go through, what we came in looking yeah. like. Right. It matters what, if we have a heart change. So the the change that God has made in you was because of all the people who have already gone through this program. They understand you. They get it. They know how hard it is. And they're going to help you right. on your way. And now your job is to help the other people that are, are steadily coming in. And needing your help too. So, um, I was reading. We're sitting in one of these lovely rooms in this facility. And if you haven't had a tour of God's House of Hope, you need to arrange that because it it will blow your mind. Uh, what they've done with this school building that they have revamped, and it's it, it's completely you. It's not it doesn't even look like a school. It's amazing. But I was reading on this wall when we came in to set up all of our equipment, and it says, and I thought about this on the way over here. Perhaps this is the moment for which you have been created. This is the moment, girls. And that's in Esther 4.14. This is the moment right here for which you have been created. God is going to do something so big with both of you. It is going to blow your minds. I know in my heart and in my spirit, God is going to have you touch thousands and thousands of people that you may not ever know that you've touched. You're not going to even know it. Not till you get to heaven. Then they're going to be like, hey, I heard you on that podcast. Or, oh, I heard you at that church. Or, I, you, I went to that place. Do you remember me? You are going to have um, a legacy behind you that is going to follow you for the rest of your life. You are going to, you're going to leave so much for so many people. You're going to encourage them. I'm going to ask you one more very quick question. And y'all can just tell me. You don't have to elaborate on it. But... Uh, uh, there's, there's, I want to end the program with this. I want to know, think on it for just a second. What woman in the Bible really, really speaks to you? What woman in the Bible speaks to you? Because I know that uh, every day is Bible study and there is preaching or teaching every night, correct? I, I believe here. So I know you've gotten a lot of Bible. 
I know you've gotten a lot of Jesus. I know that you've really been taught very well. So just just name one woman, if you can think of somebody around the top of you. And if it's the same person, that's cool. But what woman in the Bible really, really speaks to you and who you are? All right, Brittany, who you, who you got? Esther. I knew it. I can see it on your face. <laughs> Esther, she, Queen Esther. And uh, if you guys in the podcast don't know who Esther is, let me encourage you to look up Esther in the Bible and read the whole book. You'll know exactly what happened and how she saved a nation. It was amazing. So Esther really speaks to you. That's awesome. What about you, Kelly? Um, I think it is it Mary of, of Bethlehem. Uh, Mary Magdalene. Yes. Oh. See, I'm I um I don't you know I didn't feel like I was belonged here. I didn't yeah. feel like I was supposed to be here. Yeah. So now that I do, uh, yeah. That'd be, you're a, church, a follower of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know, the one that would pour the oil out on his feet. Yeah. And anoint his feet. You know, the, I, I love that you picked two totally different women. But these women loved their father, God. They loved Jesus. They loved Esther. There's so much about Jesus started there. Jesus was right there in the book of Esther. You've got to read it, though. I can't talk about it because it's just too much to talk about. But people, you got to read it if you haven't read Esther. You just need to read about it and see what happened and what she did for a nation, the Jewish nation. It's, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Girls, I am telling you, y'all are just an inspiration to me and yeah. so many more. And I promise you, take my word for it, God has something amazing, amazing in store for you. So just sit back. Put your seatbelt on because it's coming, and it's going to be coming quicker than you think. God's going to use you. He's going to yeah. use you in a, in a big way. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys figure it out. Okay. I'm going to let one of y'all pray us out of here. So which which one wants to do? Oh, I see. She's That'd already praying. She All is right. the prayer warrior. She's a prayer. I like <laughs> yes. that. All right, Miss Brittany. I'm gonna let you pray us out of here today. Uh, we have enjoyed having you both on Fresh Oil Ministries Reality Check, and thank you for being so real and speaking from your hearts, girls. I really appreciate it. Brittany, just go ahead and pray us out of here, darling. So, dear Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now, God, and I thank you for this opportunity, God. I just pray that our stories touch somebody, God. God, I just pray that they're just able to see Jesus in it, God, and that there is a future and there is a hope through your name. God, I just pray that anybody that's lost out there, God, or that's going through what we went through, God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you just meet them where they're at, God, and just bring them to a center like this, God. If not God's house of hope, just Nettleton in God's house of hope, God. God, I thank you for everything that you do for us. I thank you for everybody in this place, God. And I thank you that we're alive and sober today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love y'all so much. Hey, thank y'all for listening to Fresh Oil. We love you guys so much. If you'd like to contact us, just email us at freshoil9210 at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know some prayer requests that you might have. Let us know some questions that you might like to ask right here on the podcast, and we'll read those. Thank you so much again for listening, and we love you guys. Have a great one.